0: Welcome to the family with
1: Alex Brandt Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt,
0: and Andy Brampernard. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be right back in a couple of minutes. We'll schmooze a little bit with the family, and then about halfway through, we'll talk to Stephen Ladd, uh, the five-year voyage exploring Latin American coasts and rivers. Uh, great hour coming up next with the family. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? what do you think of that action is what i want to know you know what i mean uh i gotta run this by you guys and you can figure out for me what the hell this is all about because i don't get it a woman attempted to glue her hand to the court during the Minnesota uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves versus Los Angeles Clippers play-in game at Target Center. Uh, arena security quickly grabbed the woman, got her off the court, and then cleaned the area. But it doesn't say why she did this. Attention.
1: She's, uh, oh, I don't a I'm sure she's an activist of some kind.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't say in here what she was. Protesting or activating. Wendy, or I told you you
3: need to use super glue. You can't use wood glue for these things. It's yeah, Wendy, what the hell's wrong with you? Gorilla <laughs> glue. Yeah,
4: I don't like basketball. You'd be more apt to catch me trying to like glue my hand to the penalty box at a wild game. But I'm not going to do that. A True Minnesotan. Yep. A true Absolutely.
0: Minnesotan. It's all true.
4: I so what's really going on, to Wendy?
0: Before. Oh, Mark Bittman? I really
4: was listening to your guest. I love him. You know, you should have him on for a series, like, um, because Alex and I were talking, and I started this thing a few years ago where I had never been a big gardener because I tend to kill everything, but I've been getting better. (laughs) I've been, like, watching YouTube videos, improving stuff, and now I'm to the point where the last two years I've started stuff from seeds, and it's actually working, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that although I do not cook from scratch all the time, I learned how to cook from scratch at a very young age because I was in 4H. For anybody out there that knows what that is, country kids, and it's it really makes you appreciate your food. A meal is not just oh my god, I got to eat this and I got to run. Actually, cooking from scratch makes you
5: appreciate
4: what you're eating. Maybe it's just me,
1: but oh, yeah, no, I think that's very true. My my mother's. Uh, parents had this gigantic garden, and they canned everything. Um, they were, you know, farmers mm-hmm. before they were retired, and they just they, the thought of buying food at a grocery store, unless they had to, was just beyond them. Mm-hmm. So they had, they kept chickens I've and did all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've
5: started
4: freezing and dehydrating stuff because yep. uh, I just I'm not going to take the chance of canning yet. It's like you have to. You have to have, like, the levels of things at a specific level. Otherwise, you know, you might poison people. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 let's just stick with freezing and uh, dehydrating.
1: (laughs) Mike Mike Bilski's wife, Jackie, is an amazing canner. She has an entire canning room. Yeah, Yeah, She loves to can and pickle things. What I'm thinking
3: about getting into that is just start, like, growing stuff and then... Like especially, um, if I could grow baby corn, that would be great. Because if I could, you have sun, if you have, sunshine, yeah, if you have sunshine, forever. If you have
1: sunshine and a giant fence, you can grow anything in Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know how yeah. you grow anything with these stupid deer. Yeah, well, <laughs> we don't really have deer. Oh, we have a yeah. lot of
3: like rabbits and squirrels and stuff. Oh like well, that, they,
1: yeah, rabbits are very destructive to a garden too. Yes, yeah, they you have to are. have a really good fence. Otherwise, you're just battling the rodents. That's what I hear. <laughs> well, and yep.
4: The way we the way we do it, we have two schnauzers in the backyard, so really we don't get a lot of issues with that. But uh, oh, yeah, it, it,
1: that's good.
4: Our backyard you you can't plant anything like actually in the ground ground in our backyard because our cul de sac was built on fill, so it's not really healthy dirt. Mm, so no. my husband, God bless him, and it, and Alex has seen pictures of us. God bless him. He throughout the years every Mother's Day. He builds me a new raised bed. And like you know, if an oh. old, it's like waist level raised yeah, those bed. Are nice. So I don't mm-hmm. have to like bend down. I've got like, you know, we don't have a huge backyard, but my backyard is taken almost taken over by them. Or it will be after he makes me the ones I want this year. And it's just kind of an experiment. Whatever I can't kill, then I I freeze it. Or I had tomatoes all over the place last year. And I did a lot of uh, freezing. I had this crockpot tomato sauce recipe, and my husband. A lot of people they notice. I mean, they're like, "Wow, this tastes really different. It's really good. What is that?" And it's like, <laughs> "That's a real tomato." Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. The last like, time for Alex when <laughs> Last time I had a garden, Alex, a proper the- garden, was in Maple Grove. Remember. And Alan Dorfman came over for dinner, and I said, do you want some salad? He said, no, no, I don't eat salad. I said, I grew all this lettuce and all these ingredients. He said, oh, okay, I guess I'll have some. He, he asked for seconds and thirds. It really does make a <laughs> difference. Yeah. Yes, it,
0: it does. does. For yeah.
4: real. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, and one thing, that, one thing that Alex can Alex, you can do this for the kids. One of the reasons I started cooking, you know, when I was in 4-H was because um, my mom— did this thing where my mom really encouraged it and for my brother and my sister and I you know once we hit a certain age we would sit down and you know like with the kids give a kid like one meal a month to sit down and you know sit, talk about what they want to plan and have them help you cook it with them like do the ingredient list and then have them help you cook it and they can really take pride in the fact that, hey, look what I cook. Yeah, I had mom's health, but I mean, I was cooking meals like once a week for my whole family by age like 10 or 12.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Fawn gra- loves helping my me My brother cook. used to order pizza a lot, but
4: yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. And if you, give them that, if you give them that license and responsibility, like I picked this, I help make it. Mm-hmm. That it's is a just, good idea. It gives them that sense of, I really love to do it. Let's do it again. And it really encourages you. And is everything I cook organic and healthy? Oh, no, 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 no. But is
2: it all good? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think that's wonderful.
2: Last night, there were mushrooms in the dinner that I made. And Fawn and Sage have these kid knives. um, And (sighs) they both were helping me take the stems off the mushrooms and chop them up. And Sage helped me. I always, Fawn um two cucumbers in her lunch and i have these little cut out things that turn them into you know like a flower or a bunny or whatever just for fun and Sage always likes to help me with that and like yeah it's funny how something so simple like I chopped up a couple mushrooms and then like Dan came up from work and we were eating dinner and both the kids were like I helped with the mushrooms yeah. aren't they good
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> well that's go. actually if, a recognized if phenomenon if it's, if it's fun, if um it's
4: fun it's fun keeps the kids are going to want to
2: keep doing it Yeah
3: that's true I don't know if I'd call chopping things fun but uh, we're having for Brussels a kid, it's fun. Yeah, we're
2: having Brussels sprouts in our dinner tonight, and they love helping me oh, with Brussels yeah? sprouts because they peel off the outside yucky leaves, and then they chop oh. off the end, mm-hmm. and they think it's just the coolest well, I thing. I hate chopping
3: Brussels sprouts so they can come over they whenever they want. They would be
2: happy to. They think That's it's just The only just bad thing gas. about Brussels
3: sprouts is that it takes so long to cut every I know, and then you have this giant one.
2: pile of leaves, yep. and you're like, well,
3: You sure do. We have compost, is. which is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We used to just throw it in the backyard for the rabbits. Oh, well, yes, yeah.
2: rabbits would like They're
3: that. like, hmm, tasty.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Delicious <laughs> dirt leaf. They don't care.
0: Delicious dirt, dirt leaf. leaf. There, they you don't go. care.
2: That's what they eat they're, anyway. Yeah, they're rabbits. <laughs> That's their diet. It's mm-hmm. delicious dirt leaf.
0: I like it. Wendy, thank you.
4: You betcha. You guys have a great week.
0: All right. Thanks a lot. Wendy, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take a quick break. Be Bye-bye. right back. Kelly, Ke- right. Kelly it's Thiel. It's been 11 minutes. Well, I know, but we're going to keep her on for a half an hour, so that'll be good.
3: Oh, well, okay. That's why I
0: wanted to do it this way. Right back with Kelly Thiel, ladies and gentlemen. Unapologetically glorious, the power of owning your story without shame or blame. Fascinating story coming up next with Kelly Thiel and the family. that's Continuum, C-O-N-T-I-N-U-U-M, ContinuumWeightWellbeing.com. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing, life beyond weight loss mode. We are back. Ladies and gentlemen, and you've got a bit of audio to play before because we've got a, a couple of minutes here before uh, Kelly. She uh, actually did call in. Oh, she did. Okay, so she did. It's just a couple of minutes anyway, isn't it? The clip.
3: Uh, it's 43 seconds.
0: Oh, that's all. Kelly Thiel, ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing, Kelly? Good. How are you doing? Marvelous. We're just going to play a little bit of an audio thing. You'll understand why we want to play it, and then we're going to talk to you uh, for the rest of the show about your experiences and your book. So, Andy, explain what the uh, audio is, and we'll go f- go forward with it.
3: It's a clip from when Dana Gould and Gilbert Gottfried were on the show. thought okay. what was that? Probably four years ago. If, at yeah. least, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's just been about a right. while, but yeah, it's, um, Gilbert Gottfried died yesterday. Uh, he had the heart
0: condition, oh. I think. Sixty-seven years old. Only sixty-seven. Yesterday. Yep. yep. Well, well, yeah, very we'll good play guy.
3: A, play a little clip of him when he was on the show. All right, love it. Ron Palillo, another very oh, famous Ron. guest Oh, Ron! The show. Yes,
0: it, you know he had the nose job.
3: He looks <laughs> uh, now. He's so he's not Anthony Weiner. He's, he's a different. He's person.
0: dead, actually. Right. Well, did look- I,
3: I loved
4: when he died and they did my favorite song. Stop talk. there! I yeah. love <laughs> when he died. <laughs> I love when he died. <laughs> I loved when Ron Polillo died. Certain
3: things make me smile. Puppies. <laughs> <laughs> i walk on a summer day yeah. and
4: get the Ron Polillo
0: We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, Dana Gould and uh, Gilbert Gottfried. I'm going to miss Gilbert. He was such a great guy, just a nice man, quirky. No, no doubt oh, yeah. about it, quirky. But man, what, he what a talent, and just a great guy. And I miss him. Kelly, I got to tell you this very quickly. In the last uh, few months, we've lost uh, four comedian friends. Scott Hansen, who was a very good friend from Minnesota. Uh, then Bob Saget died, then Louie Anderson died, and now uh, uh, Gilbert Godfrey has died. It's been a hell of a 90-day run, Kelly, I'll tell you that. (laughs)
5: Awful, yeah.
0: It is absolutely awful. Ladies and gentlemen, the book, Unapologetically Glorious, The Power of Owning Your Story Without Shame or Blame. I think I, I really like the title, Kelly, because I think unless people own it, Without shame or blame, they're, they're not being honest with themselves. You, you did what you did. You do what you do and accept it and go forward. If you don't like it anymore, then you move on, right?
5: Correct. And I think the, um, really it's really so important to be brutally self-honest with yourself um, in order to move forward with anything.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Kelly is a Nexium survivor. It's NXIVM uh, cult survivor, number one best-selling author, Kelly Thiel, best known for her role in the Nexium expose series, Seduced. I watched the show, Kelly. That was a great show. Really Mm -hmm. good.
5: Oh, so glad you liked it. And I thought the best part about that was all the experts that we had on to really explain what was going Mm -hmm. on.
0: Yeah, with the ta- the branding and the tattooing and the this, and I have to have sex with this, you, and that. I mean, the whole thing was just more me now. It was all about him, wasn't it? That
5: was all about him. I mean, in any cult uh, or cult-like organization, you're going to have a charismatic leader who is narcissistic, and it's all about mm-hmm. them. Yeah.
0: One thing I did love, Kelly, is he claimed to have an IQ of, what, 275, which is like 50 points higher than anybody in history?
5: <laughs> yeah, and he, he claimed to be the third smartest man in the world, and uh, he had about 100 or 200 patents out there that never, you know, got through the process. But, yes, he made uh, a lot of
0: claims. So how were you drawn to them, Kelly? <laughs> I, I just want to listen, sit back and listen to how you were drawn to it what kind of experience you had and how then you got away from it. I would love to hear that whole story if you have the time to do it, Kelly. Yeah.
5: Um, Well, I've been a seeker my whole life. You know, from a child, I was very curious about spirituality, about how people led their lives, how they became better people, all kinds of things. So, I've tried a lot of different things. I've traveled all over the world. I was able to meet the Dalai Lama and um, traveled to Tibet, not to meet the Dalai Lama. I met him in San Francisco, but um, I got to do a lot of things and I came to a place where I sort of felt like I hit a dead end and I was feeling like I didn't really have a purpose. I was searching and I came across this organization called um, Nixium. I was introduced by a friend and I thought, you know, what the heck, um, maybe I'll take some classes. You know, I did a little research on it, and there were some, I think Forbes had written an uh, article about it, and there was some negative press, but everyone in the group in the organization of mixing told me, oh, you know, that's, you know, I'm, it's just baloney. They're just trying to get, make the organization look bad. So I went ahead and jumped in, took the classes, and I loved them. I mean, the curriculum, a lot of the curriculum was really very helpful. I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, think about it, I and mean, it really wouldn't uh, attract people if there weren't good uh, curriculum. So I got involved with the group. Um, I became a coach. I spent a lot of time within the organization coaching and helping people, enrolling tons of people. And I, over time, really became caught up in their narrative and their story and became brainwashed. And that's a lot about what my book is about is kind of that, how that process happens for people. And, of course, I didn't, like, wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to join a cult. I didn't know it was right. a cult until long after I left when I really started doing a lot of um, research and, and then getting involved with the uh, documentary.
0: Is it really difficult to get out?
5: You know, it really is. Now, no one's stopping you from leaving. No one's holding right, you hostage. right. Um, but you, know, you, you have, you have a lot of invested in, you, you have a lot of emotional relationships um, where you're invested with the people, you're invested with yourself. You don't really want to say, Oh my God, I just made this big mistake. Um, I wasn't at that place yet where I could actually be really self honest with myself.
0: So yeah, you, was it hard yeah. to get
5: out emotionally? Yes, it was.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. You, did you ever follow their lead? And Because I was noticing, you know, Kelly Thiel, you got the K and the T. You could, you could come up with your own branding, and no one would notice that it's your your initials. That was so amazing that those people used their initials to <laughs> brand people, and nobody noticed? What was that yes. all about? Well, I think...
5: Um I only saw one brand myself after, you know, after leaving Nixium, oh, And true. I think that they were, t- well, I know that they were told that it wasn't someone's initials. They were told that they were um, signs of the elements. Right. And uh, that it had nothing to do <laughs> with any- anybody. Yeah. So people were taken off guard, I think, when they figured it out.
0: So it just happened to be his and then a woman's initials, if I remember correctly. Is that right?
5: <laughs> yes. Ellef and Matt. So it's uh, yeah.
0: so A M, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cram. That's nice. I know. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That's a really nice touch.
1: <laughs> but what kind of person starts a cult? I mean, they have to be like, they have to be, Oh, they have to have the it factor for people to want to follow them. Thank you. Think, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not talking much because my allergies are so bad. Sorry. <laughs> <One or two. laughs> oh it's just awful right now the spring is killing me anyway so i mean they have to i mean there there has to be a reason why people fall fo- follow these people they I, this there must be a, it's a, is it a sexual attraction thing is it a is it a replacement for the father figure is it a family dynamic that wasn't working in people's lives, and so this is better? Or how does it actually work to attract people into a cult?
5: Yeah, I think for everyone it's different. And for this particular cult, you know, there was this mission of humanity, how to better humanity. So it attracted people like myself who were um, wanting to make the world a better place. And so if you mm-hmm. believe in this mission that someone has, and then this person is built up by everyone else, so the narrative around this person is that they're the smart, third smartest man in the world and they're doing all these great things to help elevate humanity, you kind of get caught up in that story and you start to believe it because you want to believe it. Like, I wanted to believe that there was someone out there that actually was trying to help humanity and that I was part of it. And so um, that was the attraction for me. Now, I, when I did get into therapy and we did a lot of talking, one of the things that we did break down was my family background to sort of see if that was the attraction. So I think for some people it could be. For me, it wasn't. I did love the community itself. I loved all the other members. I really felt like we had something special. So that was another part of the attraction for me,
1: okay. the belonging part. It, it, it's, just always, it, it's just a question I always have when I hear about a cult. It's like how does this dynamic work? Yeah. That makes total sense. Thank you.
0: Well, I suppose in a way Absolutely. it's like be- becoming friends with classmates. You're kind of in the same like I went to I went to Catholic school until 8th grade, so all my friends mm-hmm. because of where I went to school were Catholics. I suppose in a way I was a member of a, a mm-hmm. cult without even knowing it, I guess. So
5: hey. You had something in common, right? You had that
0: common yeah. bond. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, I mean, we all are looking to to fit in. We all would like to be part of the whole situation. It's so funny, though, Kelly. One thing, as you go on in life, because I'm quite a bit older than you, I think, But I I just, at some point in your life, you'll go, I don't care what anyone else thinks of me. I tried my best. If you like me, great. And if you don't, I don't care. I (laughs) Ultimate
1: freedom, that is. Ultimate (laughs) freedom, that is. That's exactly
0: right. So, Kelly, I don't know how old you are, but someday you're going to go, I don't care if you like me or not. Leave me alone. (laughs) It'll be great. Well, it's so
5: funny. It's so funny that you say that because I've literally just arrived at that place. Yeah, so it's writing the book good. and doing you know the documentary, I had to when the documentary first came out, like it was being screened at um, one of the produced uh, director's home during COVID, and I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> she yeah. said, oh, "That's a late, uh, stars are it's done," and so I had that moment where I had to decide: Do I want to run and hide, or do I want to just own this man, just own it? and so i decided i was going to own it and in in the ownership of my story which has a lot of ups and downs not just with Nixie, but my whole life like everyone else we all have
3: mm-hmm.
5: it's not a linear process we have so in that in the owning of it i found this freedom of being able to say it doesn't matter what anyone thinks right because it just doesn't matter uh, it because it's my story and I'm owning it. But if I was running away from it and trying to hide it, then, then things, it would matter
0: what people thought. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. What you find out in life is as you go along, if, if we like one another because of who we are, that's a wonderful relationship. If it's about something else, including a lot mm-hmm. of cults, it's about sex, no doubt. Then it, it doesn't count as you accept me. You need something from me. Otherwise, you wouldn't have me here. That's not a friendship. That's not being part exactly. of a cult. It's being used.
5: Exactly, and that's, and that's what was happening. We were all being used for different things, some for sex, some for you know work. You know, we all worked for free, some for um, resources. We were all being used for something that ultimately went to Keith. He was the, ult- the person who ultimately benefited from all of it. Um, and it's all about control and sex happens to be one way to control people unfortunately
0: mm-hmm. yeah no doubt about that how, how did now what how did you announce to the to the group nexium that I've had enough and I'm leaving or did you just leave
5: um I wrote an email just saying that I wanted nothing more to do with nixium and I okay. just sort of just left you know people don't run and try to stop you um so it was, it was but it was, a, it was a slow, I left slowly. It wasn't like I woke up one day and went, oh, I'm out of here. Because that's not what happens when your brain.
2: Right. You know, right.
5: you it takes a while for you to start changing the way you see things because your perspective is so skewed. It took a while. Um, once I saw what was happening with DOS and the branding and I was being recruited into DOS at that time when it all blew up, you know, that was a big, obviously, red flag, but I still had to do some more homework for myself to really believe that this was real, that was really happening because I was had been so brainwashed into believing that Keith was for good and that how could he be doing something bad? How could this be happening? So it took a while.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. And is it? So, when you first go to Nexium, or I, I'm just saying Nexium because that was the, the culture that you were in, when you first arrive, is there a great joy that you found something really special? How long does that joy last?
5: Well, when I first started taking the curriculum, within like the third day, I was starting to see results on my, for myself. Oh. And of course, one of the big red flags of cults is called love bombing. And that's when everybody treats you like you're special. Everybody's into you. Uh-huh. They are paying attention to you. They're guiding you along. And boy, you know that does feel really good. And so mm-hmm. that's where the highs are kind of started coming from. The combination of me making these changes in myself and having this huge amount of support from all these people who seem like they were all high on <laughs> the curriculum <laughs> and all yeah, brainwashed too. <laughs> So <laughs> you know, so everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. So. That's a nice thing to be around. Um, it's it's uh, it's hard to, you know, realize when, you, when I look back that, oh, my gosh, that was all just a fake pretend thing.
0: Yeah. Now, how long does that last?
5: <laughs> I would say that lasts uh, pretty much throughout the whole time you're there until you finally figure out you shouldn't be there anymore. Oh, okay, and the reason I okay. say that is because, Um, You know, I pushed back along the way, right? There are many times I pushed back against the people that were just above me Um, And the moment that I started going off what I call off the reservation (laughs) um, They'd send in the troops and they would say and and you know talk me back off the ledge and they could seem like whatever I was doing was going against myself and so you know uh, if I did this, you know, I'm not trying to grow or I'm, I'm stopping my growth. And so they would talk me back into it. And that probably happened quite a few times. And then when you get talked back into it, you sort of buy back into the program and that and being happy and, and excited about it again. So that's how that works.
0: That is so amazing. So is there a general timetable, how long it takes to go from, my God, everybody here loves me, to going, eh, they guess they don't really love me as I thought they did? Uh, is it is it a couple of months? Um, is it a year? Yeah. Uh,
5: I think for me, it was uh, the disillusion or the get the disillusion pieces started probably, you know, like about two months in I'd become a coach. The reason that happened was I had these questions, right? So that my intuition's kind of popping up, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel a little disillusioned and that then the troops would come in and then they talk me back into it. So I'd say, it's probably different for everyone, but for me, it was all about two months in. And it would happen regularly, like about once
0: a month, once every two months. I would um, start kind of pitching a fit, and then I would get tossed back down. <laughs> so
5: you pitched a I fit, know, did I you, know. Kelly?
0: <laughs> I <It's> know, <so> crazy. <laughs> yeah, what that? the hell? I don't no, I, I think that's wonderful that you said you pitched a <laughs> fit, which, well, you know, that's fine. That's not a big deal. Um, it, it is yeah. interesting, the human I condition. I
5: called it child. What was that? Oh, I said I would be called
0: a child when I did that. But um, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. Taking the condition? No, no. I, I just I was, it just fascinates me. That, because look, Kelly, obviously, when we're children, when we're young adults, then we get older in life, and then we get much older in life. There are always periods when we want to be accepted, we want to be fit in, and we want to fit in. We want people to mm-hmm. like us. We want some people to love us. I mean, I'm, Catherine and I've been together for forty-two years now, and I tell her all, all the time that I love her more now than I ever have. It's gotten bigger, not smaller. Mm. Big, you know, which I
1: take offense yeah. to. It's lovely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that I love her more. She takes offense to that. She no, just
1: love me all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. But but that's. Is that what you're looking for? Is that what you're looking for? That acceptance, that love that hey look, I'm just one I'm one of you and I just want to be liked. I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. Everybody wants that, Kelly, right?
5: Of course. And that was a big thing for me. I really wanted to belong. And
2: when mm-hmm. you're in a
5: community, being part of that, they really push that belonging part. And that, I think, pulls on a lot of people's heartstrings, belonging and being accepted. I mean, it's a human, it's very, very human. It's, it's part of what makes us emotional human beings. And so that was a big piece for me. And in my book, I talk a lot about that, because that acceptance and belonging started way before Nixian. You know, oh, I had yeah, sure. like I'd always felt sure. with that. And so being, being brought into this community with this love bombing, you know, that just hit for me, hit every course.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I I literally just, it just struck me just now. My, my father's mother, my grandmother, I was staying with them and I was, I believe five or six years old. And I saw this picture of a barn that I thought my grandmother would really like. So I brought it over to her and I said, look at this grandma. And she, to just kind of joke around with me said, um, Oh, I don't think it's all that nice. It's an okay barn, but I don't, it's okay, but that's about it. And she said, Mm. my lip got, my lower lip got really big. (laughs) And I looked up at her and I said, don't you like the barn, (laughs) grandma? Right? It's the same thing though. What You don't like the barn, grandma? I was deeply hurt because I didn't fit into what she liked. It, It was a problem. I do remember that very clearly, Kelly.
5: Yeah, exactly. And I think we're all searching for that. We all want to belong to something or someone.
1: Sure. And
5: uh, it Nick it, it Sam really played into that, especially for me.
0: Well, I mean, this show is a, a grand example of that. This show is my wife, our son, our daughter, and me. It's the family. We want to be with our family. We want to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. with our Well, I don't know if the kids want to, but we make them. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, it's one of those deals.
1: <laughs> Andy and Alex, as
0: younger people, what do you think of this whole idea? What do I think of cults? I don't like them. No, I mean fitting in. the are God. Cult.
2: Bad.
3: Oh, God. Not.
0: See, this is what I get, Kelly. This is what Zero I get stress. in my life, Kelly.
1: Zero stress.
0: No, I mean wanting to be accepted. Thumbs down. Wanting to be loved and be accepted. I mean, that's... It's a whole different. Di- so, what what do you guys think about that whole deal? How how did you do? You remember how you kind of went after it and said, "Hey, I, I want people to like me," or did well, you not care?
2: Andy and I kind of went opposite directions. I didn't care at all. He didn't care at well, all. He didn't. That's but true, then, yeah. but but you like retreated. Yeah, you were like, "I'm just going to hang out I by just myself." I did not care about
3: people in general. And
2: do my games <laughs> and please leave me alone. Whereas I generally don't care what people think about me. But I am extremely social, and I'm kind of more like, if you don't like me, you don't need to be around me. But then I find people that do like me, and then I buzz around mm-hmm. a lot because I'm just I'm a very social person. But we also, luckily, grew up in a household where we were very supported and loved and appreciated for who we are so it's like if you grew up Mm -hmm. in a household where you didn't get Mm -hmm. much respect and appreciation for being you i could very easily see somebody being like, oh, this person wants like appreciates me and wants me around. And it would be very easy. Well, cults very
3: um, deliberately go after people who don't have much, they don't have much support or Mm -hmm. they don't have a family or they don't have friends or they're new in town and they're scared and they don't understand what's going on, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They seek out uh, vulnerability because that's the easiest way to manipulate someone is to... Swoop in and be the hero and say, oh, you don't have to worry about any of that. I'll uh,
0: take care of it for you. Yep. Um, Yeah, I don't (laughs) think there's any question. But I I don't. I just wanted Kelly to be able to to respond to that. uh, But, uh, see, that's a huge part of it, Alex. It's funny, not funny, but it's interesting you bring that up. Because in my family, my mother was very accepting, but she wasn't around a lot because she had to work 10, 12 hours a day. My father was not accepting of us all. I never even knew if my father knew who the hell I was, to tell you the truth. So I lived in a, in a very different kind of household. But um, the one thing that really helped me a lot, Kelly, and, and it's I talk about this quite often, uh, my mother, when she was at work and my father was gone, um, the, the parents of my friends took me aside and said, you're a nice you're a nice boy, Tom. You'll do just fine and don't worry about it. And if you need anything, just go ahead. The parents in my neighborhood stepped up and really, really helped me. I think I'm extremely lucky. That does not happen to too many people, I don't think. Or does it? Maybe it does. I think we'll, we'll be extremely lucky to have that
5: happen, Um but I think you know years ago it was probably more common than it is now to have that happen.
0: Um, I think you're probably right about that. But I think
5: that. back to the yeah, and I think it's going back to the cults and the vulnerabilities, Yes, they do seek out vulnerability, and there were uh, there was a program that they used called um, emotion, or they're called EM and they basically would seek out those vulnerabilities and then they'd be used against you. So yeah, that if makes your the vulnerability was belonging or your vulnerability was, you know, um, it could be anything. They will go after that and use it against you. So um, that's what cults do. They're
0: very good at that. They are indeed. You're going to love this paragraph. The candid telling shines a new light on what you thought you knew about the self-help organization. She was awarded the number one bestseller by Amazon Studios following a tsunami of demand during pre-sale. Big shot Kelly Thiel. That's all I know. Number one bestseller. That's pretty impressive, Kelly. Thank
5: you.
4: So Don't much. you think?
0: What well, um, it is What we you were impressive. talking about. Oh, I didn't know you were. Thank well, it's part of the. <laughs> it's part of the descriptor, so you should know now. Who's he talking about? I'm like what? Oh God! You're being accepted, Kelly. That's all I'm saying. You're being accepted. That's a good thing.
5: Oh, thank you, thank you. I feel it. I feel it.
0: There you oh, go. Thank you so Unapologetically much. Um, glorious, the power of owning your story without shame or blame. It's available on Amazon and everywhere. Kelly, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being so honest because I'm, hey, look, if you just help one people by, one person by talking about this, that's a wonderful thing, don't you think? Yes, and that's the whole idea. If I could
5: help one person, that would, that would make my everything be, just
0: come true for me. Kelly, thank, thank you. you. Have a wonderful day.
5: It was such a such a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much. Our pleasure, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly Thiel, ladies and gentlemen. Again, just go to Amazon. Unapologetically, unapologetically <laughs> glorious. The power of owning your story without shame or blame. I thought she was terrific. I thought she was a terrific guest. Very, very honest about the whole deal. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's interesting to see or to hear people that have been sucked into that kind of world. Why it happened and what it all means
0: well it is human nature and andy and alex you can and particularly you alex can answer this uh but look i went to catholic school so everybody i hung out with andy fisher and the lorenz and greg lundeen and you go down the list there were other you know protestants in the neighborhood that we hung out with but you know but no in general you want to be accepted by your schoolmates and and your the people that live in your neighborhood uh well
1: what she what what Stood out to me when she was talking about the fact that they give you tons of attention for mm-hmm. a while. I mean, that alone, most people don't get tons of attention. That's what, why people want to be celebrities so badly.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: You know, people would love, think, oh my God, if everybody knew who I was and mm-hmm. they loved me and they thought I was wonderful. Oh my a God, being a celebrity really has got to be the best thing in the world. <coughs> you know, they don't see any of the downside of it. Right. So for you to join a community and then all of a sudden everybody's just like, oh, aren't you the greatest? Oh, my God, you look so great today. You know, just compliments, compliments, compliments. You're thinking, hey, this is great.
0: No, it is. But on the other hand, Alex, an example of what I'm talking about on the other hand is because it does the people that you like being with and you fit in with and you're comfortable with. I hadn't seen Dana in quite some time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: probably since your wedding, I would guess. is that about the last time I saw her? No,
2: we hung out at your house a couple times during COVID when everything was shut down we oh, when go to restaurants was shut down. we would you got remember when you were in the basement and you were all mad because Dana and I were too loud. That was't no. that long ago. okay
0: well, I don't remember you are trying to watch where's Papa
2: for the three thousandth time
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know it's time to wrap up the show right now. Though That's all I'm saying. You were going to say something
2: sister. about Dana. What no, about I her? just
0: think I, I just think it's so nice that you know I don't see her very much. What I see her every few years, or a couple of years, something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And every time I see her, it's like I just saw her yesterday.
2: Yeah, Dana's good stuff. She's good. She's a very nice person.
0: Yeah, she's
1: yeah. very yeah. uncomplicated. Very she's honest. Thank you fairy. for that, Dana. Yes,
0: she's. Well, she's a very honest person, which <laughs> I really like.
1: Cassie has to save that clip with Annie. What do I think of cults? Yeah, what
3: do I
0: think of cults? not
1: good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: Interesting that was, question.
0: That was funny. Andy, is there any way we could play that clip? I know it's only forty-five seconds. Do you have it ready to un, un, at the ready? I'd like to close with that clip again if you have it.
1: Uh,
3: yeah, so just uh, drop it and then hit the
0: outro. You got it. Here it is. I Can love do. this Maybe, piece of audio.
1: Maybe for people that don't know, Gilbert Gottfried has passed away. He died, died yesterday. Yeah. And he he's did. he's been on the podcast a few times, and Tom's yeah, talked to him times. many times. Yeah.
0: Oh God, yeah, he's been on many, many times. All right, here is the audio, and we'll close it out. Thanks for listening. The audio, you're going to love this with the family. Ron Palillo, another very
3: famous guy Oh
0: the show. Yes, it, you know he had the nose job. He
3: looks <laughs> uh, now. He's so he's not Anthony Weiner. He's, he's a different he's person. He's
0: actually. Right.
3: Well, did I, I loved when he died, and they did my favorite part. Stop there. I yeah.
4: loved when he died. I loved when he died. I loved when, <laughs> I loved when Ron Polillo
0: died. Certain things make me smile. puppies, <laughs> <laughs> A walk on a summer day, yeah. and the death of Ron Polillo. Oh, <laughs> we'll be right <red. laughs> back.